Welcome to the Imposture to Unstoppable podcast, where physicians can learn how to overcome imposter syndrome and create the career of their dreams. Welcome, everybody. I'm here with Kelly Fraden. She is a pediatrician and an author who wrote a recent book about parenting in a pandemic. Kelly, how are you? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. Thanks for being here. So how have you experienced imposter syndrome in your career, either overall or more recently? I work in school health as a pediatrician, feeling a little bit helpless. And I had been sharing um, health education and parenting tips on social media for a while. And I went to send out a newsletter and I compiled everything I'd written about coronavirus. And it was about 50 pages. And and my husband said, wow, like you should turn it into a book. And I said, like, I couldn't do that. Mm-hmm. Like I, I immediately was like, I'm not a, I'm not a writer. Like I'm not someone who could do that. And, and my husband was the one that was really able to kind of push me to be like, why limit yourself? If you think that it's something that would help people, why not go for it and push yourself to do something new? It's like, you know, you can always learn new skills and develop new interests. So why not? So that was what uh, most recently, I'm sure I've had imposter moments at other times in my career, but that's the one that jumps to mind right now. Have you always been interested in writing and blogging or is this a new, um, ha- new hobby for you? So I started writing about a year ago and I had an idea for one day a book I would like to write, which was not this, <laughs> <laughs> but I, it was really in the pre-contemplation phase. It was... Um, you know, like I wasn't really ready to get started yet. Um, so it's not that I had never thought about writing, but more just that I hadn't thought about writing this book now. It's funny how things kind of choose us sometimes, right? <laughs> yes, that's kind of what it felt like for me. Yeah. So as you sat down and decided to do it, like your husband gave you that support, did you have a switch? Like, were you able to tell yourself a different story about you? you are someone who can be a writer? Yes, definitely. It, it, you know, I, I think part of the challenge um, of what I've been doing the past, you know, two or three months is, is learning that if I don't, like if, it, if it's a project that I believe in and it's something that I want to do, then nobody else is going to do it for me. And then I have to kind of, you know, own it and confidently talk about it and share it with people in a way that interests them. It's funny because I went straight from college to medical school and straight into academic pediatrics and and I never really did anything outside of the academic umbrella. Um, You know, I worked in academics and public health and in those fields, you don't really get rewarded for innovating or trying new things or or stretching outside of the conventional zone of influence for a pediatrician. So I I haven't, you know, I've never, never like sold anything before. And I've never never really understood how business worked in some ways. So it's been a real uh, growth opportunity for me. And and I think um, that part of it has been actually more energizing than I would have anticipated that, uh, you know, with learning new things and new challenges, kind of you gain you know, it's interesting and it's engaging to do something different uh, in a way that I wouldn't have necessarily guessed. Yeah. So I think that I've had the same experience. So have, have you noticed that taking on this side project has changed how you view your career in medicine any differently? Absolutely. Uh, you know, I think I, 
I, in my first job out of, out of residency, I was working with um, complex care children. So I, I was taking care of about 100 families of really sick kids, kids on ventilators and with congenital abnormalities. Um, and I knew those kids front and back. And then I took a job in public health. And then I had a much larger patient panel. Like I cover 20 schools with a, a, about 200,000 students in the, in the Bronx. It's a big borough of Manhattan. And obviously, I don't know those children as well. And now in my new hat of like doing more public speaking and writing for a broader audience, I have to think about just how many different kinds of people are out there and what what they need uh, to hear from a medical professional during this time. And, and to think about both how to take like the cutting edge medicine and translate it for a broader subset and how to do it like responsibly. It, it's caused me to um, add to my skill set in terms of translational medicine. That's awesome. And so, so with your speaking, is that a relatively new thing as well for you? Absolutely. <laughs> I mean, I, I had spoken at Grand Rounds and in academic conferences, but it's very much a different skill set to speak on a podcast or on the radio or on TV because the listeners are expecting different things and you don't have your slides up and you have to think on your feet a little bit more. And, uh, you know, you're just speaking to a different audience. So I'm still very much developing that skill set and probably should take some more time to learn how to do it better. Well, I think the best way to learn is just to do it, right? <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Practice, practice, practice. Yeah. I like that you mentioned the opportunity for growth with these new with these new things on the side because I think in medicine we lose a little bit of that. Like we kind of get stuck in a rut of doing the same thing all the time for from for most of us. And I think it's nice to have that outside, you know, learning something new to kind of have that beginner's mind again, where you maybe wouldn't find that after a long career in medicine. Do you, do you find that to be true for you? Absolutely. I, I also frequently see connections where you wouldn't necessarily expect them. Mm-hmm. So my friend wrote this book uh, called Range, David Epstein, and it's all about how, how it's a specialist world and people love to get in their small niches and stay there there, but how some of the most successful people can connect things from different worlds. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I think in, in this situation, being out there in media um, uh, more uh, and hearing from people in different, with really different perspectives, I, I've learned a lot about what people's thoughts and feelings are about the doctor, because it, you know, when you're a pediatrician in your office, people typically are are pretty nice to you and you feel like you're playing a supportive role. But when you're out there listening, you can learn that some people don't have a great experience with their pediatrician and you can see things from their perspective sometimes and learn what you can do better, like how things can be misconstrued, parenting their children so seriously. And, And sometimes when you approach things a certain way, it can rub families rub families wrong, or you can lose the intent of your, you know, I think the most frequent, most frequent thing that comes up is counseling about a healthy weight. Mm-hmm. So uh, I, one thing I've learned from being just out talking to more people outside of the medical umbrella is how sensitive families are to hearing, uh, you know, even the word weight used mm-hmm. in a visit. And so bringing that back to my practice, now I can have, um, 
more sensitivity and approach things in a more delicate and open-ended manner to meet the needs of the families I work with. Because, you know, I think that as a doctor, you really have to engage in respectful communication with your patients. So mm-hmm. it helps to know what that means to the families on the other end. And they're not always going to tell you. So being out there listening and looking um, is a great way to learn about that. It sounds like you were really able to take this new, these new skills and incorporate them really beautifully into your medical practice, which I think is a really good skill that, that you have. Uh, yeah, I'm trying. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, um, I think it, it's interesting because obviously the book that I wrote is a parenting book and it's a medical book in some ways, but um, it is really different than what I do day to day. So um I think in the end, it is about about communication and and trying to help families achieve the kinds of outcomes they want through shared decision making. Um, so that's that's something that's important to me and was important to me before I started writing. And um, I think writing the book has allowed me to have a greater uh, sense of focus and understanding that that's like an important part of my identity as a doctor. Was it a beneficial experience for you to overcome those initial feelings of, you know, who am I to be writing this book and do it anyway? Yeah, it definitely felt like a leap of faith, like kind of putting myself out there. I was worried, um, especially because, you know, I wrote most of the book in July and I was pretty isolated at that time. Like I Mm -hmm. wasn't really seeing a lot of my colleagues in person or talking to them much. So I wasn't entirely sure that other doctors would agree with what I was saying in the book. So I was a little nervous about that. I think an even bigger challenge has been to sort of fully commit to the process. And, you know, once, once I pressed publish, that was actually only the first step. And um, part of the process that's been more uncomfortable for me than writing is actually like getting out there and trying to um, get publicity for the book or selling the book. And that's a skill set that I'm more unfamiliar with. But, um, you know, what's the point in writing a book that nobody reads? So, <laughs> so if it's something you believe in, you have to step outside your comfort zone and, and um, you know, contact people and try to explain why you think your book's important, why, why they should tell their followers or their viewers or whatever it is about your book. So I think the reason that I've been able to take that uncomfortable step has been because of the passion I feel for the project, that I like really think it's something that can help people. I'm pretty sure if I didn't believe in it, I wouldn't have been able to take that step. I think that's a really good point is the ability to identify a purpose and that you really believe in is going to help you to overcome any self-doubt or concern about, you know, or fear of rejection or anything like that. So it's a really good point. Yeah. And I think, I think going back um, to a more regular work environment for me in the future, it's changed um, what I'm looking for in terms of now that I've had, had an experience with being more passionate about a project and being more energized by and committed to a project, it's made me want to seek that out in my work environment a little more because I took this, the, my most recent job has been a part-time job, but now as I get back into it, um, it, it's made me realize that I need to prioritize that because when, you're, when I'm more engaged and challenged by my work, I, I feel happier and like more self-esteem and so it's something that I need to to prioritize in my family's decisions as well like if I need 
if I, if I want professionally to have more, a more fulfilling career, sometimes that means taking on more responsibilities or doing extra projects that, that may take a little bit of time from my family, but maybe it's worth it if it makes my career more fulfilling. I agree with that. And I think that especially as women, we hesitate to do that. Like we think that our lives are about sacrificing, you know, what we want for the benefit of others. And I think the opposite is true. Like you said, if we can be more fulfilled in our jobs, then we can be more present and appreciative for the rest of our, for our families and our partners. And I I think that's a really, it's a, it's very insightful and more women need to hear that because I think there are still many women out there who think that they need to be a martyr instead of really going for what they want. Yeah. You know, I think I, I think I fell into the trap a little bit of overly limiting myself because of course I think, I think in the end it's all about balance. So you want to be there for your, the moments that are important for you in terms of your family life. Um, but if you go too far in one direction, sometimes you end up losing that passion that you feel for your job. Um, so, you know, leaning back in enough to get energized and engaged in the work, I think is an important thing for me. Yeah. So do you think that you'll, you'll continue on with the speaking and writing hobby now that you're kind of really into it? That's a great question. I do. (laughs) I do think so. I do think so. I, I, um, kind of told myself that I'll see how it's going in January and then reevaluate. But it's one of those things also that when you, when you feel like you have something to say, (laughs) there's a part of you that wants to say it regardless. Mm -hmm. So I probably will end up, um, will end up writing the book that I originally wanted to write at some point. Um, Although I don't know, I think the scale of the project will depend on how things are going and what's going on with the rest of my career. That's awesome. So can you tell us a little, I know it's a, I know it's a book about parenting, but do you mind giving us a little um, like blurb about what the book is about? Oh, sure. Yeah. So the first uh, third of the book, I talk about um, sort of the science of coronavirus. So how's it transmitted? What are the symptoms by age? Uh, what, what is an antibody? What are the different kinds of testing? And I just give sort of a brief overview aimed at, at, sort of the layperson level enough to help you understand the news. Um, Then in the second section, I talk about the risks of coronavirus to the different people in our families from sort of newborns to teenagers to grandparents, including pregnant women. So I break break down both the primary risks and the, the secondary risks including like, you know, missed academic time and uh, mental health issues from isolation and those sorts of things. And then in the last portion of the book, I focus on more practical tips for how to improve the time with your family, um, tips for managing anxiety um, and social isolation, remote schooling, um, approaching sports in a pandemic, those sorts of topics that um, a lot of families are grappling with. That's awesome. That sounds like a very thorough book. I should probably get a copy of it, actually. <laughs> <laughs> that would be great. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, one more thing I wanted to mention, because I really think it's important to, to highlight, is the concern about other physicians and what they might think of you. Because I think many of us who try to venture outside of the very, you know, academic or, or medicine, clinical medicine in a box have that same fear. How are you able to overcome that thought? 
A good question. You know, I think particularly because of the topic, what I was worried about was like, in some ways, it's easiest to be very, very risk averse, very, um, you know, stay in your homes, don't see anyone. And that's the safest way to make it through the pandemic. And, and, and I didn't feel like, I feel like that message um, needed more nuance and it needed more explaining and people really need to understand the situation because it's their lives, you know, and they're spending a year of their life or more dealing with this. Um, so it was walking that line of, of taking uh, the pandemic very seriously and having a respect for the real risk and the sort of catastrophic um, nature of what we're dealing with, um, but also trying not to scare people and trying to arm people with like realistic statistics about, you know, because the pandemic means something really different if you're 70 or if you're 40 or if you're a four-year-old. So mm -hmm. to try to provide that nuance. So I guess it, when I, I coped with it by um, obsessing about it, <laughs> mm -hmm. I think I, I felt like I read every single thing I could find. And I really try, I cited my sources and I tried to be really respectful um, of different viewpoints in writing it. Um, to source, so I guess I sort of defended myself with like the data. That was my approach, and I did in areas that were a bit of a stretch. Um, seek out experts. Um, like I sent it to a psychiatrist, and I sent it to an, an OB/GYN to try to make sure that I wasn't missing anything in fields which weren't my own, and that helped too. Um, but still, I um, when I shared it with my, you know, some of my previous colleagues, I remember like thinking like. They're going to think it's kind of weird that I chose to write a book, but sometimes you just have to have to be you. Yeah, that's true. Just just own it. I think that's good advice. Yeah. <laughs> Before we go, do you mind giving your piece of advice to maybe someone who does have an idea outside of medicine and they're they're feeling like an imposter? What would you tell them? So I, I think. It's kind of funny because at the end of the book, I talk about this too. It's like, at the end of the day, like, what will you remember about this time? Will you remember like exploring your idea and believing in yourself and giving yourself a chance? Or will you, will you remember like holding back and then wondering what would have happened if you had taken the chance? So I think that's how I think about it. Like, what's the worst that could happen? I could write a book that nobody read. That would be kind of like a waste of my time. <laughs> but, but that would be okay. <laughs> and what's the worst that could happen if you don't pursue your idea? Like, you might regret it. And mm -hmm. that would be worse, I think. Yeah, I love that. I think that's perfect. Well, Kelly, thank you so much for your time. And I'll definitely put a link for the book um, into the episode details. Thank you so much. All right. Well, thanks so much and good awesome. luck with everything. Thank you. You too.